0: On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with an abuse survivor named Vesper. And Vesper was in a relationship with a lying, entitled narcissist that loved to cheat. It's a story of triangulation, an enabling family, and constantly being set up for failure. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone, and this is a podcast that gives a voice to survivors of narcissistic abuse. I am Brandon Chadwick, but my friends call me Chad, and thanks for tuning into this episode. So what is a narcissist, you may ask? Well, for the purposes of this podcast, we refer to a narcissist as anyone was displayed a pattern of behavior that shows a limited capacity to appreciate others' perspectives. It is that simple. And now, before we get to our episode with Vesper, I just want to first thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, a reminder, if you have not left us a review on whatever podcast service you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Cashbox, etc., etc., please leave us a five-star review as it helps out the show a lot when it comes to rankings. Now, if you haven't been to our website recently at NarcissistApocalypse.com, please do go there if you want to be a guest on our show. If you go to the top of the page, there's a little button at the top of the page that says, be a guest on our show or guest form. It's one of those two. You click it, it takes you to another page, you fill out all the information, and we will take it from there. We'll be a little bit of a back and forth from there. But also, if you want to be on our show but don't want to be on our Survivor Story podcast but want to be on our letters to our Narcissist compilation episode, also at NarcissistApocalypse.com, you'll see a floating button on the side of the page. On the right side of the page, it says, send us a voicemail. You click on that button and uh, you know it records up to 5 minutes you need to record twice see so you, you get in 10 minutes the third time 15 minutes record as many times as you need to record your letter to your narcissist for our letters to our narcissist compilation episode but if you don't want to read your own voicemail you can send me or my old pal Melissa your letter instead and we will read it on that episode, and you can send those emails to NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com. But guess what, everyone? We have something else on our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. Yes, we are now offering high-conflict parenting courses that can be found at NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. We have now partnered with an online parenting company, and many of those courses we are offering were created by Bill Eddy. And if you've listened to our episode last year with a divorce lawyer named Helen, you'll know that Bill Eddy is an expert in dealing with these high-conflict individuals in court. And now he's helped create many parenting courses to help you through divorce and to help support your children, too. These courses are the most widely recognized courses by family courts across the country. So if you want to support the show and are looking for guidance, please do go to NarcissistApocalypse.com slash Courses and what else do I have on my list here today? Our Patreon, everyone. We got more people signing up to our Patreon in the last uh, couple of weeks, and thank you to those people. Thank you to the, all of our other patrons of our Patreon that are already on there. If you want to hear episodes that have never made it to air, follow-up episodes with former guests, and much, much more, please do join our Patreon. We will be releasing new content on there every week. So to help support the show, become a patron of our Patreon at patreon.com slash Narcissist Apocalypse. And that's it for this week. I'm going to keep it there short and simple. Uh, And that's it. So it's time for me to get out of my way and your way. Here is my conversation with Vesper. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. With me today, I have Vesper. How are you?
1: I'm doing okay. How about you?
0: I am good. We chatted our ears off for 26 minutes. I looked at the watch right now, (laughs) and it was mostly me uh, chatting. I had a uh, coffee. I am... Uh, three quarters of the way uh, done this coffee so I apologize to you for talking your ear off
1: oh my gosh you're totally fine
0: I was supposed to quit coffee uh this week and uh I failed so um,
1: (laughs) it's so so hard to quit coffee
0: I'm I'm disappointed with myself but anyway (laughs) enough about me I am rambling uh, thank you for for being here uh, with us today and sharing your story. And now I'm going to get out of my way and your way, everyone's way. Vesper, the floor is now yours.
1: All right. Um, well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, so I guess like the, the, the easiest way to start off um, this whole story is that I have been doing a lot of reading on narcissism, and um, the things I've been hearing um, from other people who have dealt with with narcissists, um, I'm seeing a common pattern of, um, well, if you fall into this pattern, like, you you must have had narcissistic parents, and I absolutely didn't. Like, I have really great, loving parents. I'm really lucky, Um, but when I look, Further back, I, I see that I, I did actually have a bully in elementary school through middle school, and I'm wondering if that's probably where um, my self-esteem issues started to come from, which made me a little bit more vulnerable to these people. Um, like, she would, you know, she'd call me her best friend, but she'd be constantly putting me down, saying it was ugly, saying I was stupid. Um, she would make up stories about me so that the other girls would be too scared to play with me. Um, and thankfully she, she eventually moved away. So I didn't have to deal with her forever, but I was terrified of her. And, um, I think because before I met her, um, I was not shy in the slightest. I was always talking to people. I had a really like easy time making friends as a little kid. And then after her, it was, I just had a really hard time. Like I just, I had a hard time coming out of my shell I started to get really, really shy, um, and it really wasn't until she moved that I started feeling a little bit more free again, and um, I started to do theater, fell in love with it, um, and I ended up you know, making a lot of new friends within the theater department. Um, performing kind of just became my life, and this kind of led me to um, study performing arts in college. And um, in college, I met my ex boyfriend drew. Um, I, I really, I don't know if he's a narcissist for sure, but, um, granted when I met him, I I had no idea what narcissist personality disorder was. Like I had no clue about anything having to do with personality disorders. Um, but now looking back, what I, what I now recognize as love bombings took place pretty immediately. Um, I was, I was newly 18. I knew nothing really about having like a real boyfriend. I'd never had like a real relationship, just like, you know, like short puppy love type situations in high school. Um, so within the first week of college, he was telling me that he loves me and I was, I was too flattered to recognize this as the huge red flag that it was. Um, and he started to kind of monopolize all of my time. Um, so his friends kind of became my friends. And I and I still I still do talk to some of these people, like still adore them. But I just I wish I had branched out more in college. Like I, I had theater friends, but um I, I really limited myself in terms of experiences because I was I was always expected to spend my time with Drew. Um, So so that's your
0: your first relationship with someone with these tendencies. And we're about to learn about your second uh, one. Uh, But after this one, uh, like, were you uh, done with it? And were you like, did you do any reflecting on it to kind of figure out like what had happened during that? Or were you just like,
1: let's just move on? So I did end up talking to a therapist because I was really, I just, I, I didn't, I didn't know like what happened. Like I just was like, this is such a whirlwind and I just, I felt like I didn't even know him after four years. Like it just, it was so, it was just so out of the blue the way everything uh, changed and it felt like it was so overnight. So I, I went to a the therapist, um, mostly at the beginning to talk about, like, what I could do should he text me again to say something like he was going to tell himself because I didn't, I didn't want to just, like, put my life on hold and just go try to save him every time something like this was going to happen. I was like, what are some things I can, I can do? And she was just like, no, nah, I want, I want to focus on you. Like, I want to, I want to figure out, like, why you thought this guy was nice to you. Um, and I was just like, okay, um, yeah, we can definitely talk about that. And then I I started to realize just like how unhealthy the relationship had been. Um, so it took like it took a while. I was I was kind of in a daze for a really long time. Um, just really sad and just I you know, every everyone, you know, that you talk to is always like, Oh, well, I met my spouse in college and so it almost felt like some kind of like weird failure almost. Like I'm like, how did I not like, see this. Like, how was I going along with this for all of my college career? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, this isn't me. Like, this. Like, I, I always thought, like, I had, I had girlfriends in high school who were in abusive relationships, and I always kind of thought that, like, I would be able to see it if it happened to me. Um, that I was going to be smarter, which is just. It, which just really isn't the case, like it blindsides you completely. Um, and you're <laughs> there's nothing you can really do to prepare for it other than you know just really having your own boundaries like set and and knowing who you are and like loving yourself enough to not be in that situation. But, um, like even then, like I I kind of, I went back and forth about what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I still wanted to ask. That part hadn't changed for me. I was like, you know what, even if he's not going to be there with me, I still want to go somewhere like L.A. And um, I had a few college friends who were actually like, you know what, Um, we're going to move there. Do you want to come move with us? And we'll get an apartment together. And I was like, you know what, that sounds great. Like, let's do that. So that's about a year or so after um, that relationship ends. So my parents and I packed up a car, and we drove to L.A. across the country. Um, we made it into, like, this really fun road trip. Um, and honestly, like, I, I came into my own when I got to Los Angeles. Like, I, I got this job I loved almost immediately as an assistant in this talent management company. And my boss is the coolest. Like, he's still my mentor to this day. He's just such a great person. Um, I had a really great with of friends. I loved my acting class. Um, and I was like, I was going to events with celebrities and I was like, what is this? Like, this is, this is so cool. This is great. And I started to slowly go on dates again. And honestly, like, for those like two years that I first started in LA, like, I think those are just like the best years I've, I've had. Like, I just, I finally felt like I found where I belonged with like people who like kind of like understood me, like I was around all these creative types and like, that was just something that I had always like really wanted. Um, So one day my boss and I are talking and he was just like, you know what? I really want you to have the experience that you came out here to have. Like, I really want you to give acting a real shot. Like, I really think it's time. Like now that you know this part of the business, it would be good. to find like um, a flexible job, maybe like a restaurant job, um, so that you can, you know, have time to audition during the day, and I was like, yeah, you know what, I think it's time. I think you're right, so I uh, I found a disturbing job at this cute little cafe in Hollywood, and uh, my my very first shift um, in walks my new coworker Richard, and it was like everything you see in the movies. It was just like time seemed to stop and we were moving in slow motion and it just, it felt like there was like music playing and, um, something in the back of my head kept like screaming like that pin, that pin. And I, I've never experienced anything like this before. I don't know if that's something you ever really experienced, maybe not even twice. So I just, I was just like, Oh my God. Like I, who is this person? Like, I have to know him. I feel like I already do know him. It was so, it was so strange and he kind of felt the same way. And so like we started talking and, um, it was so weird because we ended up having a ton of mutual friends and a lot of mutual acquaintances. And we were actually supposed to meet like three or four other times before we actually did. Like we were supposed to be at certain events, and like he would have, he, he something happened where he couldn't go, or I had not been able to go. But there was like several times that we were originally supposed to meet through these people. So it was just, it was kind of strange. And he just goes like, "Well, I'm I'm so glad that we finally did meet," and like feels like this is like meant to be, kind of. Um. So we found out that we had a mutual friend and play this weekend so he he just goes you know what how about we just do the play together um I'll pick you up like we can go get drinks and you know make a night of it um and our relationship kind of started from there although um co-workers at this restaurant were really not supposed to be in relationships so he was very much about like, let's keep this as secret as possible. And for me that made sense because we weren't supposed to be doing this at work. So, um, I was like, you know what? Yeah. Let's keep this very low key. And, um, every now and then I would notice that like, you know, girls would tag him in pictures on Facebook or Instagram and it was never like incriminating. It was always like him and a bunch of people, um, but I, I just, I don't know, it put up a, kind of like a red flag for me, and every now and then he wouldn't call and he said he would, or he would forget certain plans that we had made, um, but I kept reminding myself, I'm like, you know what, we're not, like, in, like, a relationship, relationship, like, we're we're still kind of, like, easing into it, This is new, um, so I was trying not to think about that stuff too much, and um, one night, we're talking, and he gets, like, really, really, like, solemn and almost cheerful and he tells me that, um, so his, his brother, David was a, uh, was therapist and he was saying, um, his brother kept saying that he didn't quite think he knew who Richard really was, that he knows he likes acting, he knows he likes, you know, fun action movies like the Avengers, but he's like, do I really know you? And I thought that was such a strange thing for a brother to say to his brother, um, And I was like, well, is he just like kind of psychoanalyzing you? Or like, is this like a thing? And he's just like, well, I don't know. Like, it made me think maybe I don't really like know myself. And I feel like I need to take that time to like really like figure out who I am, you know? And like, I want to, I want to be able to give you all of me. And I just feel like I'm not like there yet. Like, can you, can you wait for me? And honestly, after, after Drew, who, Wanted to rush into a relationship and, like, said he loved me after a week. I'm going, like, wow, this is a guy who's, like, self-reflecting. Like, he he wants to know more about himself. He wants to be really ready for a relationship. He's taking his time. And I was, like, you know what? This, this must be what, like, a healthy relationship looks like. So... I went along with that, and I was like, of course. Like, let's just kind of see how this all goes. Like, it doesn't need to be super serious right this second. Um, so, but I did tell him that if he was looking for something where we were not, like, exclusive, exclusive, like, I, I just, I needed to know. Because I, I I, especially told him, I was like, is anybody, like, is that work who wants to do this kind of thing with you, like, I really need to know because, like, I, I just don't want, I don't want work drama. Like, I really like my job. Like, he's like, he's like, no, 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 no. Like, he's like, we're definitely exclusive. It's just we're not, like, putting any labels on things right now. But I, I he's like, I'm not really, like, in a place to you date somebody seriously right this second. He's like, but I want it to be with you when I'm ready. And I was like, okay. As long as we're exclusive and, okay, then I feel, I feel comfortable with that, like, take your time. So he does this play. He's also an actor. Um, It's like this big poetry performance. He reads this beautiful poem at the end of the show to the point that everyone is weeping in the audience. Um, And I kept like looking at him like, oh, my God, like the, the emotion that he's showing. I've just I've never I've never seen that him do that in real life. I was just like, how strange. Like, this is where he can go on stage. And yet he's telling me he's having so much trouble like, finding out like who he is in the real world. So I'm, I'm kind of like this little strange. And I, I notice that there's this one girl in the front row who's just sobbing. Um, So after the show, he invites me to dinner. Um, we're going to go to a late dinner with a bunch of his friends. who can just see the performance, including a big group of people from um, his high school. They still kept in touch. And, touch. and um, at one point during dinner, I got up to go to the bathroom. And this girl from the cast pulls me into the bathroom. And she goes, honey, you are too beautiful and too young to be getting space like this. And I just was like, what are you what are you talking about? And she just goes, "Hun, he's sleeping with half the cast and half of the women that were in the audience tonight. Like, how did you not know? Like, you need to run. And I was just so shocked. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, we just had all of these, like, really deep conversations about, like, how he wasn't going to be doing things like this. So after dinner, I confront him. And he denied all of it. He's like, he's like, who? Like, did she say who is sleeping with the cast? Is that absurd? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And I was like, but she seemed pretty sure. And he was like, okay, look, in my past, like in my like early twenties, because he's been part of this theater company for a really long time. And he just goes, so I did have a problem at the beginning um, where I would kind of ghost girls, and some of them are still in the like in theater and you know, there's probably a lot of hard feelings still. It's like, I totally take responsibility for that. I've, I've tried to apologize over the years, but unfortunately I, I have made some enemies because of that. Um, I was careless with their feelings and it's something I'm still kind of paying for. And I was like, okay. And he just goes And some of the guys have always been kind of jealous of me and they kind of like, like to spread rumors. Um, especially since I keep getting to lead in these shows and I had met some of these guys, and they did seem a little insecure. So I was like, you know what, this kind of makes sense. So I gave them the benefit of the doubt, um, and they kind of just—it's a very—it's a very, it's a very uh,
0: you know le- you know—it's a very plausible thing to believe that that you know, right? With you know, you're meeting a lot of people, you're in that type of business. Um, it, all his the answers there. Uh, very easy to believe that, especially if it's the first thing you're hearing about this kind of stuff.
1: Exactly. And especially when you want to believe it. Um, it, Because I thought we were kind of on a good track to, you know, like a a real relationship. And so um, definitely, I definitely bought it. And um, a few weeks later we're, we're planning a trip. He says he really wants to go on vacation with me and, we plan this, like, fun uh, weekend to Vegas. And after that, he starts to be kind of weird again, kind of just, like, you know, again, just, like, forgetting to call or forgetting, like, little plans here and there. And one night, he tells me um, that the show that we were supposed to go see has been canceled. Um, his brother would do, um, he would, he would act every now and then as well. So it was the show that his brother was supposed to be in. So we were going to go see it. And he was like, it's canceled. I'm so sorry. Um, let's hang out tomorrow instead. And I was like, okay, that's fine. The next day at work, this guy that we worked with comes over to me. And he just goes, hey, where were you last night? Like, the show was so fun. I thought you were coming. And I was like, I thought the show got canceled. And he just goes, no, like, we were all there. Um, you know, Richard's brother was so funny. He was so good. And I was like, who all was there? And he mentioned this girl, um, I guess I mentioned her earlier, Um, I'll call her Violet, Um, that she had come to see this show. And I was like, that's bizarre. I didn't know that they were hanging out. Um, And she was actually the one who was in the front row of his play, sobbing when he was reading the poem. So I'm going, okay, this is a little weird. So of course, when I asked Richard about it, he goes, oh my God, it's so embarrassing and stupid. I got false information. I was not communicating with my brother well. Um, So Johnny and I just went out to go get drinks. We were hanging out. Violet texted me. She lives in the area. So we invited her. And then my brother's texted me going, like, are you still coming to see the show tonight? And I was like, oh, my God, like, the show's actually happening. So we just ended up going. He's like, it was right before. I didn't have time to text you. I feel so stupid. I'm so sorry. Um, And I was like, okay, but, like, nothing's going on with this girl, right? And was like, of course not. And he's like, she, she's engaged to be married. Like, absolutely not. There's nothing going on with me and Violet. So I was like, okay. Um, but <laughs> I didn't quite feel like I believed him. So I went and looked at Violet's Instagram page. And sure enough, um, she is, in fact, engaged to be married, but she's polyamorous. Um,
0: How did you figure that uh, out?
1: Because she has a bunch of hashtags about uh, all polyamorous okay, in okay. her pictures. Okay. Um, and there were several people, but most of the pictures were of Richard. Um, and how much she loved him and calling him her boyfriend and all of these things. And so I was like, Richard, what the hell? Like, can you be honest with me for a second? Like, what's going on? And he just goes, no, she's. This is weird. Like she clearly has some kind of weird crush on me, but that's it. Like she's just she's a touchy feely friend. I I told her I'm not her boyfriend. Like this is really weird. And I was like, okay, no, stop it. Like it's like that like rewind. Tell me the truth. What is going on? So he finally caves and tells me that yes, they've been seeing each other. And he says that after meeting her, he started to believe that maybe he's polyamorous as well. And he didn't know how to tell me. And, you know, he just, he's like, I hope this is okay with you. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I did, I've been trying to find myself. And, and I was like, you know what? You keep looking for yourself. Um, but this isn't something that I can do. Like, this, that's just not, that's not for me. And I don't like that you lied. Like, you flat out lied to me. And so I canceled the trip to Vegas. Luckily, I got all my money back from the room. And um, I would still see him at work occasionally. He'd always try to, like, hug me goodbye, or he'd try to, like, take me out for drinks after our shift, and I eventually had to be like, Richard, what but, but part of this do you not understand? Like, I need you to back off. Like, you, you basically broke my heart, and I don't want to be around you right now. And he was just like, oh, okay, yeah. He's like, I'm I'm really sorry. I understand. I'll stop contacting you. So after that, we kind of just like kind of see each other at work, but we were, you know, keeping our distance. And, um, a few months after that, I started seeing somebody new. He was, he was really nice, but kind of like way too intense to the point that I felt a little suffocated. And he learned to move things along really fast. And I like he's talking about like our future together after a few weeks. And I'm going like, okay, this is starting to feel like my first relationship. I'm like, this is this is too much. Like and so I'm I'm finding myself like really missing Richard. And um I go to work one day and I'm I'm gonna write something on we had a we had a big uh, time off request form where we had to like write like what dates we were hoping to get off of work, and I see that Richard had filled in, needs a week off, because he's shooting a movie in Chicago. Now, I'm from Chicago, and so I had this moment of, like, you know what? Maybe enough time has passed, and we can, like, talk again. Maybe we can be friends. He is a, like, the thing about Richard, he's, like, he's such, he's super charming. He's incredibly easy to talk to, and he's so funny. Like, it just, he would have people doubled over, crying they were laughing so hard. Like, he just Without even trying, just really funny, and I I missed that about him. Like I liked talking to him, so I was like, you know what? Maybe enough time has passed. Maybe we can be friends. So I go to Facebook him a congrats message about the movie, and I see that he's deleted me. And so, like then I'm like pissed (laughs) because I'm like, I'm sorry. Like you broke my heart and lied to me, but then you're deleting me on Facebook. So. I texted him and I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Are you serious? And to my surprise, he texts me back. Hey, if yes I did, I'm really sorry. It was just, it was too hard seeing your picture when you post things. Um, I have really missed you. And it just, it, it kind of hurts. Like I, I don't want to, I can't see your, your picture. And then he texts me. He's like, Hey, can, can we please just get coffee and talk? And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know what? He has a new girlfriend, I have a new boyfriend. Sure, we'll we'll go talk. We'll be friends, we'll move past this. Um, hey, maybe, maybe we're at that point. So we meet up a few days later and totally catches me off guard because he starts sobbing when he sees me. And then he starts groveling, saying, like, I fucked up so bad. You were you were the love of my life, and I, I ruined it. And now you have a boyfriend. And he's like, I don't want to even like be with this girl. Like it just everything happened so fast. And he's like, I. He says it it scared him how much he loved me, so that's why he pushed me away. Um, and he was just like he he said um he he said like he felt like he was in a choose your own adventure novel, and he turned a page and fell down this dark hole. And he was like, is there any way that you can forgive me? Can we please try again? And I'm like, I thought you said you're polyamorous. And he goes, he's like, well, no, He's like, I don't really know. I, I don't think so. I think it's more in terms of like, I believe in the theory that you can love more than one person at a time, but that's not what I want. He's like, I keep thinking about like a relationship and I keep thinking about one with you and how I messed up, like I want to do this thing for real. So we spend the whole day talking and crying, and so by the end of the day, we decide that we're going to each break up with our other partners, Um, and we try to give this a real shot. Um, The guy I had been seeing had only been for a couple of weeks, and he was (laughs) actually incredibly understanding and just like, yeah, you know what, I don't know if this is really something that I wanted either, which is strange because he had been so intense. And so it just, I feel like I that would have been a whole other thing probably Um, that would have been messy, but, um, so I'm glad that that one ended when it did, but, um, Richard goes to break up with Violet and on the other hand, she is incredibly devastated, brokenhearted. And for a couple weeks afterwards, she was texting Richard, like, is there any way that we can keep trying this? Like, I'll make you my number one if I have to, like. I, you know, I, I'll be your number two girlfriend behind Vesper if that's what it takes. Like, I'll do that for you. As I've, I've never done that, but I would do that for you. And he was just like, he's like, no, no, no. Like, Vesper and I are giving us a real shot. Like, we're it's going to be just us. So they met like one more time to exchange items that they had lent each other, but that was it. Um, so for a year. Yeah, but and at at this, really, at this
0: point. You're thinking this. What has just happened is the most romantic thing, um, ar- yeah. around that. Like we're we're in this head together.
1: over heels.
0: Yeah, like we're <laughs> we're back. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna forgive everything that happened before. He's um, apologized for everything. He stated what he wants. The way he's done it is in a very romantic type gesture. Um, hmm. And so you're you're now, you know, you you were hooked before and that brought you back, but now mm-hmm. you now you're really hooked.
1: Now I'm completely hooked. Okay. Um so I I thought this is it. Like I thought like hands down we're going to be together forever. Um So for for a year we 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 did actually have a really great relationship. Um, for, our, for our first anniversary, he took me to like this beautiful bed and breakfast and a place that we could see like the leaves change for the fall. And it was just like fairy tale perfect. Um, and we started to talk about how it'd be really fun to start a theater company together and all the shows that we could do together. And I was like, Oh my gosh, we're going to, we're going to conquer the world together. Like we're going to do everything we've ever wanted, like with our acting goals. And it's going to be like a team effort. Like this is so cool. Um, so and, like, he, he got along really great with my friends. Um, I ended up meeting all of his friends, and, like, they kind of became like my family. Like, things just kind of flowed really easily. Um, so one night, we're actually all hanging out with a bunch of our, our other acting friends, and we're all kind of complaining about the industry and how hard it is to find good representation who really, like, you know, goes to bat for you. And someone goes, well, you know, best for you You have um background in in um, talent management. And I was like, that's true. I do. And, um, suddenly Richard's like, Oh my God, that's right. Like you could, you could start a company. Like you, you could do this. And it wasn't something I had ever really thought about doing before, but I was like, I kind of thought that kind of sounded cool. And I liked that I would be able to help him and, um, and some of our other friends as well. And so I was kind of going like, yeah, you know what? I, I, I could do this. um, So I started to look into paperwork and planning, um, and how to get my license and all of these things. Um, and, uh, you you know, I, I started to really look into it. So a few weeks after that, uh, Richard and I are sitting on the couch and, um, he's showing me something on his phone and this random, okay, Cupid message pops up. And, He just, he immediately goes, okay, Cupid, what the hell? And then he's like, oh my God, what? He's like, he's like, oh my God, this is, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. I I don't, I didn't even realize I still had an account with them. This is like, I am so sorry. He's like, I I don't even know what to say. He's like, I I guess I'm going to have to like, you know, try harder here to like, make sure you can trust me. That was such a stupid, stupid thing. To not remember. I, I'm really sorry. And like, he's like laying his head in my lap, like begging me to like, you know, believe him. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah, I believe you. And he, he's like, look, I'm showing you right now. Like nothing's going on. He like deletes the app in front of me. He's like, it's gone. Like he's like, I, I wasn't on it. I promise. I'm so sorry. And I was like, I'm like, you don't have anything else on your phone though. Right. And he's like, no, never. he's like, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. This is horrifying. Do you, know what, like, okay. do you know like, what you okay,
0: if, Do you know what you should have done right there? After you should have uh, for, everyone, for everyone who's listening, what you should have done after the fact is because that's just his app. I'm sure he probably gets text messages uh, or like emails about people contacting him as well. You should have then gone sure. on, created a fake account with a fake picture of uh, another <laughs> woman and contacted him uh, and found his profile and contacted him to see if uh, he communicated back.
1: Oh, totally! I absolutely should have. And honestly, like, it was so funny because I, I had a I had a really good friend in high school who would always like think her boyfriend was cheating on her. So she would create like fake Facebook accounts. Like she'd go out and take a picture of some random girl and make these accounts. And I was always like, "What are you doing? Like this is not healthy." And she was just like, "No, I need to know these things." So there there was a moment where I was like, "Oh my gosh, I guess I could take a a page out of her playbook," but there was a part of me that was like, no, I don't want to be that person. And I, I, I believed him like the way he like, you know, was like groveling, like, Oh my God. Like, and felt like he was so embarrassed by it. I was like, you know what? Like, again, you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like I thought this was going to be like my person forever. Um, so, a few weeks after that, um my grandmother passed away out of nowhere. Um it was the first grandparent I had to die, so I was just really sad and i, I was starting to feel like, whoa, like i'm I'm living across the country from my family like this is this is hard. So I flew in for the funeral um, spent some time with my family, and I came back and I just I was kind of like in a haze for a while. like it just it felt. It just that was a kind of a weird wake up call almost for me. Like, like is this something sustainable where I can live this far away from my family for for this long? Like, it just it was hard not not being able to be there, um, for them. And uh, it was like maybe two days after I got back from the funeral, and he just he just started screaming at me. And he wants to, he's like, like, why haven't you finished your company paperwork yet? Like, why are you dragging your feet? Like, this shouldn't take so long. And I was like, my grandmother just, I, like, I'm, I'm really sad. Like, can you, can you give me a couple of days here? Like, it's almost done. It'll get there. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'll believe it when I see it. And so the next day he apologizes and says, I don't even know what I was thinking. I didn't mean that. And then he says, I always feel like I let my dreams pass me by and I just, I want more for you. I don't want you to feel the way I feel about like, like what I don't want you to ever let your dreams go by. He's like, that's all it is. I'm really sorry. Like, I'm really sorry. And so I accepted his apology, but, um, unbeknownst to me, this is where the starts coming in hardcore um
0: so how long in your relationship now um has it been uh before devaluation of you even occurred
1: probably about like a year and a couple weeks
0: okay a long time so you like at that point like Mm -hmm. you really like uh know nothing about uh being devalued by him and at this point like it's not something that's on the radar. So when it does happen, it's e- it's his apology is easily, um, you know, tossed not tossed aside. It's easily accepted.
1: Exactly, right. and um, I mean, like he he never even devalues me during um, like kind of like the courting phase, like before we were like official, um, and that was a good like eleven months. So. I was completely blindsided. Like he had never spoken to me like that ever. Um, so another thing about Richard is that he could really drink. Um, he could drink a lot without getting super drunk, but he would, he would still do it. Um, In in fact, like, looking back, I would say that a lot of the times he kind of almost seemed like a functioning alcoholic. Um, He would start to bring, like, a flask to work. Um, His brother was like that, too, which is even more unnerving because he's... um, So... And he lived with his brother, David, so they kind of fed off of each other with these kinds of things. Like if one of them would start drinking, the other one would too. And then I found out that the two of them were also like, you know, they would do blow together. Um, Their neighbor who they'd always smoke with outside was a drug dealer. And whenever they wanted cocaine, he would just kind of have it for them. Um, I knew about it, but the way he told me, it was only like when they would go to parties or it was just like, it was very, like, and, and it was never, like, you know, something that he was doing for a long period of time. Like, it was just like, oh, yeah, I've done it. Um, I started, it started to become clear that this was something that they were actually doing quite often. Um, to the point that he was sometimes skipping work. Because um, he would be sleeping. Um, So it was just a lot of stuff surrounding um, drugs and alcohol that made me really uncomfortable. And then um, we went to a dance club a few months after his first blow up at me and we took a bunch of shots with some friends and um, we were there with David and his girlfriend, Rachel. And, um, we got on the dance floor and started to dance, and I was kind of tipsy at that point, so I lost my balance and I kind of stumbled into him. And David, um, David kind of always acted like he hated me. Um, I kind of always felt like he wanted to light me on fire. <laughs> um, he goes, "Wow, like do something about your girlfriend? She's so drunk." And so I'm, I'm kind of playing it off like he's just like kind of teasing me. So I'm just like, "No, I'm not that drunk." And he goes, Richard, did you hear that? She can't even admit she's drunk. So Richard grabs me and goes, You need to go sit down. You're so embarrassing. Go sit down right now. So I was like stunned and just so embarrassed. I'm like, Oh my God, I, I must be so, so awful right now. Like that he had to say something like that to me. And so I felt really, really embarrassed. And so I sat down and then he made us go back to his apartment. When we get there, he starts screaming at me and saying, I am just the worst person ever. I'm a piece of shit. I'm so embarrassing. How dare I do that in front of his brother? Um, and he says, I think you're an alcoholic. Like, you need help. Um, and I was just like, I'm, not, I'm like not an alcoholic. Like, I, I, I had some shots with you and I'll drink with you, but... I'm definitely not an alcoholic. He's like, no, you are. And like, you're sounding like an alcoholic right now. So I go to bed like crying and he went to bed and we didn't talk about it anymore that day. And then the next day he is incredibly apologetic again. And just like, Oh my gosh, like I was so out of line talking to you like that. Um, You were just having fun. Like I, I didn't mean anything by it. Like I just, I'm really sorry. I don't know what happened. And I started to notice this weird dynamic between him and his brother. It was just like if his brother said, you know, something about it that, or something about somebody, he suddenly would like get all bristled. And suddenly it was all about impressing David. And if anything ever, you know... <laughs> upset david like that was just like the worst thing on the planet even though david and richard had this weird relationship where it was like love hate constantly like they were always fighting and when they would fight like it was ugly like they would hurl insults at each other and so part of me was going like maybe this is just he doesn't know how to argue with someone he loves because like he has such a weird dynamic with his brother and the way that they grew up fighting is just like how he thinks is normal. So I was trying to like work with him on this. Cause I'm like, I don't want this to become a part of our relationship. Like this is, that that was too much. Um, and he was always like, yeah, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. Um, let me just, Make sure I didn't lose my place. Oh, and then there was another, it was such a weird thing, but every now and then when it was just me and Richard hanging out at his apartment, he would start looking out the window kind of, um, like, anxiously, and I'd be like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I just, I don't know, I I thought I heard, I thought I heard David's car. And I was like, is everything okay? Like, why, why does, why is that weird? And he was just like, oh, I just, he's not supposed to be home yet. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, what do what you, like, why is it such a big deal? And he goes, well, he's like, I put a tracker on, on David's phone just so I can always know where he is. And I was like, why would, why? I'm like, does, does David know that you have this tracker on his phone? He's like, no, no, no. And he can never know. And I was like, okay, that's really weird. I was like, why do you feel you need that? And he's like, he's like, I don't know. Just Maybe I'm having a drink or something, and like he's gonna give me a hard time, like maybe he's gonna tell me I should be working or something, and I just I don't need that, you know, like I don't need that bad energy, and I was like I'm like okay, so all of this is going on um, and all of a sudden, I've noticed that like. Whenever we start to fight, it's because he's gotten it into his head that i'm gonna I'm going to eventually tell people that I think he's abusive now, granted, I have never brought up the word abusive or anything with him like I thought he was great, like I loved them, I was completely cut over heels, so that was like the furthest thing from my mind um, at one point, like I was having a drink with Rachel, who was David's girlfriend, and i she was there that night where he called me an alcoholic and so he or she shows she and I were joking about something and um she said something along the lines of like, Don't let Richard know that you're having that second drink and I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah, I don't want that. Like I was just being funny. And so she goes to David and says, like, um, yeah, Vesper's like really worried about Richard thinking that she's an alcoholic. And so then he goes to <laughs> he goes to Richard and says, I'm telling people that he thinks I'm an alcoholic, and so he comes to me. And he's like, he's like, what are you doing, telling people this? Like, this is a private moment between you and me. Um, how dare you? Like, people are going to think that I'm really abusive. And I was just like, I'm like, I'm not telling anybody about what happened. Um, it was just, it was a stupid joke between me and Rachel because she was there when we were dancing. Like, it just, it just came out. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not telling stories about you. So he let it go. And then a few weeks later, we go to this county fair. There are these like, um, cheesecake bite things. And at one point, like he takes a bite of it and then he licks my face with it. And like, we were just, we were just joking around and having fun. And I was like, Oh my God, you're so gross, babe. And we go back to his apartment where we see David sitting on the couch. And so he's like, how was the fair? And Since David doesn't really like me, I'm trying to like, you know, make conversation with him. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, your brother's so funny!" Like, this is what happened. I was like, so I'm I'm sitting there, like, trying to like, know, great cheesecake, like, his spit off my face. Like, I'm like laughing, and he just goes, "I'm sorry. Did you just say that he spit in your face?" And I was like, "No. I I just he licked my face with cheesecake. Like, it was just really gross, but it was really funny. And like, and like, he just is. He's so funny." And he goes to Richard, and he goes, um, so yeah, your girlfriend is saying that you spit in her face. And so Richard comes back to me and goes, like, why are you constantly trying to tell people that I'm so abusive? Like, you said I spit in your face? And I was like, no, I didn't. And he's like, why would David lie to me? Like, why on earth like, would you ever think I would believe you over my brother? And I was just like, I, I'm like, I'm not saying David lied. I'm saying he completely misunderstood what was happening? I thought I was telling him like a cutesy, like endearing story about our time at the fair. Like I didn't like I'm not I'm not telling people that you're abusive. So he's like, Do you know how like this makes me feel? Like this is just so like troubling, like you're telling these stories, like what's wrong with you? And so like I'm like starting to freak out and I'm I'm groveling, going, Oh my god, like what's wrong with me? Why am I telling stories like this? Like this doesn't make any sense. Like so I'm thinking I'm like a huge problem at this
0: point. Well, you're um, you're being triangulated here and not just triangulated because yeah. Rachel, uh, David's uh, girlfriend uh, at the time, is now also been part of this. So it's more than just one extra person in, in this. You're hanging out with a pack of wolves and you don't know yep. it at all.
1: Uh-huh. So,
0: yep. so at this point, you're uh, you're believing what they're saying because this is somewhat your inner circle at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, we had so many of the same friends. Um, again, like some of our friends, like were like felt like family. Like this, these were like my people.
0: And they've so, just created an environment here where you're now probably. I'm going to assume you're afraid to discuss anything with anyone yeah. who might know them. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. You can't yeah. trust a soul. Completely you're, 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 on eggshells. Yeah,
1: yeah. I had to watch everything I said. Yeah. Um,
0: are you communicating it at all so with, with, with like your family or friends that aren't there uh, about this? Or are you st- is that even uh, off limits for you?
1: Not, not yet. Like I, I had had issues in the past where I felt like I overshared certain things about a relationship. to so like my girlfriends back home would be like, oh, I don't like him. I be like I don't I don't want you to do that. Like I, I you don't know him. Like I am only giving you you know the the points like we're inventing and that's not fair. Like that that's not a fair representation of our relationship. So, I was trying to be very careful and very respectful of the things that were happening between me and Richard um and not bringing those things up um so at that point I wasn't telling anybody. Um so at this point, my company has started um and I'm starting to get people work and it's it's actually really cool and um Richard kind of always had some trouble um getting me things on time um i I needed new headshots from him I needed him to because I decided to represent him to help him, and I needed him to help me get his demo reels together so that I would have like good materials to pitch him with. Um, and every now and then I would still get him an audition here and there. But like it just for his talent level, it was so frustrating because I was just like, you know, what? you really need to like follow through and get me these things because I can only do so much without them. And I you're so good. Like casting needs to see this. He's, he'd always say, oh, yeah, I will. I will. I'll get there. I'll do it. And then like just weeks to go by and like I'd have to have the same conversation with him over and over again. So I'll come back to that, but he um, at this point, he also starts becoming obsessed with the idea of three sons, and he's trying to pressure me into trying it with him, and I'm going like, this that's not me. Like, you know that's not me. Like, you need to, like, drop it. And he would say things like, well, I mean, if there was something that you really wanted to try, like, I'd do it for you. And I was just like, no, like... <laughs> Within reason, like I have boundaries and I'm sure you have boundaries. Like that's not fair. And so he kind of, he would, he would drop it, but then he would kind of start from this point on, like throughout a relationship every now and then he would make some stupid jokes about it. Like, Hey, we can always try through some, right? And I just be like, are you being serious again? Cause like, just, just stop. Like it's, it's making me really uncomfortable. Um. So we just we kept getting into more and more spikes. Um they got really ugly when he was drunk and he just couldn't stop himself. Like he would just he would drink until he got really, really drunk. And um it was either when he was drunk or it was a day or two after I could tell if he had been using because <clears throat> he would just be in a, a terrible mood. Like his his come down would last for days after he would do blow. So he would just be in a horrible mood, and just it didn't matter what you said or did, like he would he would start a fight. Um, at one point, he whipped a blanket at my face. Um, it was like he was holding it so it was like really taut, so when it hit my face, it felt like it like whipped my face. And I started crying and I just, I ran out of the room. And of course, David was coming home right at that point. And so he's trying to get me to stay. And I'm like, I don't even know who Richard is right now. Like that was so uncalled for. So once again, it's the two of them now going like, where is this coming from? With like your whole like abusive story about Richard. Like, what, what are you trying to do here? And I'm just like, I'm like, he, he, this is what happened. He's like, it was a blanket. I'm like it still like really hurt, and he's like it was a blanket. You're really telling people I'm abusive, like you were going to tell my brother I was abusive. So then I have told him things about Drew in the past, um, and he shares all of that with David right there. And I'm like, this isn't your story to share. This is, and he's like, well, I'm just I'm letting him know because like he's a therapist like he he can see now, like you know that this is something that happened to you in the past, and now you're projecting it on to me and
0: and just a reminder like, for everyone who's listening, drew was your boyfriend that uh at the beginning of this call, just so everyone is reminded right, and I apologize for from, interrupting.
1: from college yeah and um no yeah, no 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 problem, um and so. I, I grovel again. I'm like, I, I'm just with the two of them there. And like, with David being a therapist, I felt like I must've been the problem. Um, I mean, but at that point, like fights would start because he would think I was giving him a weird look. Um, he would, he would decide that I, I wasn't listening to him or that I accidentally interrupted him and that would become a fight. Um, if he was drunk, he, he couldn't remember the next morning why he was mad at me. He could only remember that he was mad at me and just decided that I deserved it. So this is when he started, like, this is maybe, like, two and a half years in. He starts giving me the silent treatment for days at a time. Um, did not speak to me for three days once, and I was just like, what is going on? And he's like, I don't feel good about you right now. I don't feel good about us. Like, I need some alone time. Um, don't contact me. So, oh, and then he'd always say this thing. It's like, why can't you just meet me at my level? And I was so confused by this. I was like, I'm I'm running a company. I'm working in the evenings as a server, trying to, like, weekends meet. Because it's a new company. Like, people weren't booking enough for me to just only do this. So I was, I thought I was, like, really hustling. And so I'm just, like, going to meet you at your level. Like, what do you mean? Um, he was also... He was also, like, really into, like, conspiracy theories and horoscopes. And so, like, I'm from the Midwest. Like, we, you know, like, that that kind of spirituality just isn't, like, really in our culture. So, I just, it was something that I, I never fully understood. And he would get really angry if I didn't agree with him about certain things. And I would just be like, I mean, look, it gives you your beliefs. That's okay. Um, I kind of like that we're different in that fact. Like, do we have to agree on everything. Like that might kind of boring, right? Like this kind of makes this interesting. And he would just get really angry. And, um, he would even go so far as to tell me that like when he was upset with me, that I must be haunted, that something must be following me, like a negative energy or presence is following me. And he would keep coming back to this. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I know that you don't believe in these things, but you know i'm just telling you like that's what it feels like like you you know you should do some like kind of cleansing or something because something is attached to you like trying to get me like really paranoid um and it worked for a little while cuz i was going like is that what this is like why is it that we can never be on the same page why is it that there's always a fight brewing like is it really just me so um I started to get into some debt with my new business. Um, So I ended up taking a personal assistant job um, at the same time, just trying to make some extra money on the side. And these were two like maybe C-list celebrities that I was working for. And it was supposed to be the way that the job was pitched to me. It was supposed to be like a really, um, you know, easygoing, laid back kind of, kind of job because they knew I was trying to run this company. Um, it ended up not being that at all. It, it felt pretty, 24 seven. I was constantly running errands for them or getting them what they needed or on the phone with their publicist because I had forgotten the deadline or it was just, it was a constant struggle. And, um, Richard would start complaining that I cared more about my, my new bosses than I cared about him. And I said, I'm like, honey, that is not true. I just, I need the money right now. Like I, I'm, I, if you have a better idea, like, please let me know. And he and I would get into fights about money all of the time because he never had any money trouble. His parents paid for everything. Richard at this point is 33. His brother is 39. His parents paid for their, their townhouse, paid for their cars, paid for their cell phones. They did not have a care in the world.
0: So, the, so what we're talking about like spoiled, entitled adults now
1: exactly, so basically, so they they're um they're Eastern European um they were born here, but their parents came from another country um where they had been struggling, so it was really important to their par- to their parents that they did not want for anything um they wanted to be sure that they had the life that they didn't have, so I thought maybe this was like a culture thing, and I didn't want to go right to spoiled, but that is what they were. And
0: they've never faced never any consequences under- for any screw ups Ever. of their life. Yeah.
1: Ever. So we always had fights about money. He could never understand like why I couldn't just go do something with him or why I, I, you know, I couldn't you know, splurge a little bit here and there. And I was and he's like, Why do you have to work so much? I'm like, Because I need the money. And that was just something that was completely foreign to him. So he would never understand. He's like, You just you care more about them than you care about me. And I was like, That's just not true. Um so I started to get concerned about the drugs and the alcohol again. Um we would we'll go on like some weeks, like ended up it, it was more like binges and he would miss work and he would just be all over the place and I was like, This is not healthy, but he would always tell me to back off but I didn't know what I was talking about. We had it under control. Um that, that third year of our relationship, we we had so many friends get married, and he ruined every single wedding. Like, we would go, he would get plastered and start fights about any perceived flight that he could possibly find. I was constantly on eggshells. I just was like, maybe this wedding will make it through without him screaming at me. Didn't happen without fail. Um, this was now a pattern. Um, and even he would go home and get into a fight with his brother and he would take it out on me. Like somehow I would be the culprit or somehow I would I would say something trying to comfort him and then he'd be like, you don't know what you're talking about because you have a good family. Like how dare you try to like sympathize with me and then he'd be angry with me for that. Um, but in between, what was keeping me hanging on was that he would do these really sweet things in between these blow ups like at one point he knew i was dressed at work and so he got my roommate keys, and he decorated our apartment to look like an island getaway um he would try to plan like really fun date nights like so it, there was like there was there were mountains and there were valleys like there were just it was this constant push pull but every time he would do something so sweet like this, I would think that we were gonna. this is the time that we're going to turn around. If we're going to turn this around. It's all going to be good again. We're going to get there. Um, and then at this point, he started to do more plays again, which was great because then he didn't have as much time to be doing drugs. Um, so he was doing plays. And then he also got a job working as an actor for this um, web series. Which um, ended up being really problematic because it was a really raunchy comedy program where it was a bunch of dudes who, like, openly hated women. And they had him doing a lot of, like, really raunchy sex scenes where these women were being, like, abused and demeaned. And he'd just kind of go along with it. And I was just like, this is, this is not okay. Like, not, not even just as your girlfriend, but as your manager. Like, I'm having a really hard time finding a way to spin this like this is not okay and he would start like calling me jealous and crazy he just like, you don't like that there are porn stars on this show you don't like that I'm like touching other women like this is about you this isn't about me like back off and I was just like this is like it's not about me being jealous like this is not a good look like in public, he would pride himself as, like, this spiritual, loving, light worker, and, like, everyone would call him that. You know, it's very L.A. language, like, you're such a light worker, Um, but that's that's what people would call him, and so it just just is so opposite of this persona that he would pretend to have in public and what he was doing on the show, and I was, like, is this really what you want people to see? And like, if if you end up making it big someday, this is going to come back to bite you. Like, I'm just trying to look out for your reputation. Um, so he started making a lot of friends at this station, some of whom were actually very nice people. Um, and I started to notice that he wanted to try to get them representation. Um, there were a few people that I ended up taking, but there were a few, like there was a lot of women that I noticed that he was wanting me to represent. And some of them <laughs> really weren't actresses so much as they were chosen to look like blow up dolls. Um, so I was like, I'm not going to represent every single person that you put in front of me. I'm sorry, now know, that they're your friends, but if I can't find a way to market them, I, I can't do it. I just have too much going on right now. So I mean the good news about all of this is that there was less time for the drugs and the drinking. But I did get start. I I sorry, I, I did start to get suspicious of his behavior again. And I just I did not love the content of this show. So um I ended up quitting the personal assistant job and I ended up getting this really lucrative serving job where I only really needed about three shifts a week. And um then I had time during the day to manage my company and things started to get a lot better. Um, cause I had more time and we were able to spend more time together. And I thought we were kind of going back up in, in this upswing. So and I started to realize that he was only liking pictures on Facebook and Instagram of like nearly naked women. And sure he was like friends with them, but he was never commenting on pictures of like, you know, like their birthdays or You know, if they're hanging out with, like, their mom or something, it was only if they're wearing, like, a bikini, and he's posting these things that are, like, kind of flirtatious, and I'm, like, this is making me really uncomfortable, and he would just say, you're being really jealous, like, I don't know what to do with you, like, it's such an unattractive quality, you're being so jealous, and then I noticed that he never really posted any pictures of me, um, except for once or twice, it was always when we were in a group of people, um, and he only posted about our relationship once, and that was only on Facebook. Um, so at this point, this is another just point that I want to make because, so at this point, David's dating a new girl named Courtney, and Courtney would just kind of help herself to Dave's clothes.
0: So so, Ra- would, so Rachel kind of like, so bro- Rachel is gone. Rachel is out of the picture. Rachel's
1: gone. Uh, do
0: you have any yeah, relationship they, they with Rachel? No. Okay. Okay. No.
1: Um, yeah, that was I was actually incredibly quick. Um, so Courtney would kind of help herself to David's clothes, and she'd just, like, throw on his sweats and walk around the apartment, and Richard just goes, like, why don't you ever do that? Like, you're always dressed up, and you're always wearing a kind of makeup. Like, are you just not comfortable around me? Like, we've been together for so long. Like, how are you not comfortable around me that you feel like you always have to be dressed up and wearing makeup? And he's like, that makes me feel kind of sad. Like, I, I wish you could be comfortable around me the way that Courtney is around David. They've only been dating for a few weeks. And I was just like, Oh, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I can, I can dress down a little bit. So honestly, at this point I started dressing down and wearing less makeup because I think that that's what he wants. Anyway, so we're, we're getting towards the end of our relationship here at, uh, at three and a half years in, um, I asked for her here to get a place with me. I figured enough time had passed and we were, you know, we were kind of on an upswing at this point. And I was thinking, you know, things were kind of going well with my company and I was feeling good. And I was just like, if this is something that we want to really, really pursue, like we should start moving in together and start like our lives together, like. It feels right now like it's just going to be you and David forever. (laughs) And to me, I'm thinking like, okay, we can start getting our, our own place. He can get out from under the thumb of his parents who want to pay for everything. He can start to like get some real responsibility. Maybe the drug use will stop because he'll be away from his brother. Like they won't be on top of each other every single day. So I'm going, okay, this is probably a good plan. And he agreed with me and he was like, you know what? I, I think it's obviously like it's time. Like I'm 34. It's time. And so he tells David that this is the plan. And David immediately basically says that I'm trying to break up the family. Um, at this point, I start to see that their mother was most likely also a narcissist. She's also a therapist. Um, she loved me until this point. She and I actually had a really good relationship. Um, she was like a second mom. Um, she she even was like asking me like when things like went south one of David's girlfriends. She was like, "You have any friends that he could date? Like you and Richard seemed so great together. Like is there like is there something that you can do to help David because he really needs a good girl." So she she used to really like me, and um, I knew that she and Richard would fight, but I never personally saw it up close. But I did know that they had been, like, hanging up the phone on each other. they get into such heated fights. So, again, I, I kind of just figured, like, maybe this is a culture thing. Like, maybe they were just, like, this is just how they were as family. So after he and I had, like, a couple very heated discussions, I – she, I kind of put my foot down, and I was like, this is something that um, that Richard and I really want to do together, and, and can you be okay with it? And so then she starts to play nice, and she says, you know what, I was thinking about selling that townhouse soon anyway. How about you just move into the townhouse with David and Richard, just for a little while, the two of you can save up some money. Um, you know, David can, can finish um, his master's degree, and then you know, you can all go your separate ways after that when we sell the townhouse. And I was like, okay, that sounds like a plan. Like if that's easier for you, then okay, we'll we'll try it that way. Um moving in with them was the worst thing that has ever
0: I'm sure it was.
1: Um it was horrible. Um so I was the only one who would clean anything. They were complete pack rats. There were mounds of things everywhere. And whenever I would try to, like, incorporate some of my things, David would psychoanalyze me and call me a hoarder. And I'm, like, looking around at the piles of his shit. <laughs> I'm going, okay. Okay, Mr. Therapist, yes. I'm the hoarder. <laughs> okay. Um, but I was the only one who would clean. I deep cleaned this apartment, like, two or three times. And it was just never appreciated. And it was just never clean enough. And Richard would start to say, I was so lazy. And he's like, what do you do all day? Like you only have three shifts at this job. And are you even, even like, are you doing anything with your company during the day even? And I'm like, yes, like that's, that's the whole point of me working these shifts in the evening. Like I'm, I'm constantly answering emails or making phone calls. I have a lot of other clients, like I'm trying to figure things out. And I don't have time to just be, like, taking care of the house and stuff, too. Like, that's not my responsibility. Um, And at one point, he got so angry that, like, he wanted me to be cleaning the room. And there was a ton of crap under his bed. And I was like, that's something that you should really take care of. Like, this is, like, your mess before I moved in. And he was like, well, I don't have time. Like, at this point, he was was working two temp jobs, and he had... um, he was, he was in a play in the evening. So he was like, well, I don't have time. It'd be really helpful if you would just do that. You could at least do that with all this free time that you have. Like this is like a vacation for you. And I was just like, Oh my God. And so I did it once because I was like mostly more pissed than anything. And I found like three empty bags of what I'm assuming was Coke. Um, I kind of put them in a little pile on the floor and I was like, okay, well, he and I are going to have to deal with this at some point. Like this has got to stop. Like, I, I don't know how bad this is. Like it, it seems to be pretty bad and I don't think he has under control. Um, and at one point I'm cleaning and I come across this journal that he has. So for Christmas the year before, he had purchased two identical journals. Um, inside it's all like QC questions. Um, and it's meant to be a gift that you exchange with your partner. Um, so for, we were going to fill them out and then give them, um, exchange them the next Christmas. Um, so I, I look at it and I'm like, Oh my God, he's so far in this journal. And I flipped it open and it's this page where it's saying like, what, like describe your favorite kiss. And he starts describing in detail this kiss with one of his ex girlfriend and I'm like are you joking I'm like this is supposed to be a present for me like are (laughs) are you kidding me and I had like written on this page like this like this lovely thing about like one of our first kisses like it was supposed to be this like romantic thing and I'm like are you joking and so I brought it up to him I was like look I'm sorry like I didn't realize you were using this as like a personal journal like I thought we were going to exchange these I'm sorry if like I was looking at something I was not supposed to, but this is what happened. And now I feel really weird. And he was like, You betrayed my trust. Like, how dare you read my journal? Never read my journal again. I was like, You were supposed to exchange these. I, uh, oh my God. I was like, Okay, fine. Yep. And so at this point, I'm, I'm like, I'm close to my with Um
0: I don't know how you haven't gone, uh, had a nervous breakdown yet. Like,
1: well, you, at this point, I'm actually telling my mom things that are happening because I'm I'm trying to I'm starting to feel completely gaslit. Like I'm I'm trying to compare things with my mother, going like, okay, so then this happened, this happened, this is what I said. Do I sound crazy? And she was just like, she's like, no, she's kind like, of like, nothing, like, nothing you're doing or saying warrants his behavior. This is absurd. Like I need you to know this is completely absurd. I only lived with them for three months. So towards the end of our relationship, um, one of his best friends, who's also from this same Eastern European country, got this new girlfriend. And her girlfriend or his girlfriend, to be nice, decides that she wants to learn his native language. So now this is a new fight for us. Richard looks at me and goes, you've been dating me for four years. Why haven't you learned this language yet? And I'm like, you never told me that was something you wanted me to do. Like, Richard's not even fluent. His family speaks English all of the time. So I was like, this isn't something that was on my radar. So now I am taking care of the apartment. I am taking care of their very sick cat who's old. Um, Part of the reason I stayed as long as I did was also because I loved this cat so much. And leaving her just broke my heart. Um, But... Now I'm also trying to learn this new language, coupled with I had clients who were booking good jobs sending me flowers to the apartment, which was a lovely gesture. But had they known that that was going to set Richard off, <laughs> I would have told people, like, please don't send me gifts. Um, at one point, I found a lipstick smear on one of the towels in our bathroom. Um, I didn't even bother bringing it up to him because I'm like, you know what? Even if he is doing something and I feel like he is, he's going to lie to me about it. So I'm just not going to even bring it up. I'm going to keep watching and see if I notice anything. So um, my storage unit calls me and says that they're about to up my price big time. And I like we're, we're close to moving out at this point. And I was just like, this is silly. I was like, is there any way that I can bring some boxes here? It's only a couple boxes. It's just our kitchen stuff that um, I didn't want to clutter, you know, all of David's things with. So I just I've kept these in storage. I'm like, there's no point in keeping these boxes there. So Richard goes, you know what? We're going to my family's place for Thanksgiving. Let's just bring the boxes there, and we'll leave them in my old childhood bedroom. No one goes in there anyway. It's only going to be there for, like, a month. Let's just go do that. And I was like, okay, that sounds like a good plan. So David hears that this is happening. He calls his mother, in which case she calls us back, starts screaming, saying, I'm a terrible person. How dare I want to use her home as my personal storage unit? Um, what's wrong with me? I, I ruined this family. She just wants me gone. She wants things to go back to normal. She wants me out of the picture. Um, so this is all news to me because I thought she had liked me. So this is a very... This is a blow. And to Richard's credit, he did stand up to her. And he was like, how dare you speak to Vesper like this? Um, We're not coming for Thanksgiving anymore. So this whole time at Thanksgiving, I'm sitting on the couch, like, crying, thinking I have broken up my boyfriend's family. All my fault. He's going, like, it's us against the world, babe. Like, we're going to be just fine. Like, don't you worry. I'm going to handle my mom." not a big deal. It's all going to be okay. We're going to have a nice Thanksgiving here together. Don't worry about it. Sometime during all of this, he shows me his phone and I see on his Instagram that there is a message from Violet, (laughs) the girl that he was seeing way before he and I were official. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. What do you mean you are talking to her? Like, how dare you open that door again? And he just goes, "Wow, well, you have a habit of seeing things you shouldn't see." And I was like, "No, I think you have a habit of doing things that you shouldn't be doing." Um, right on. So all of so all of this starts like blowing up again. He's just mad at me. He ends up like skipping one of our friend's weddings that he was supposed to go to, and I get angry. I find out that he's actually at a birthday party downtown. Um, he did cocaine until like three or four in the morning. And came back, and I was livid. um the next day he goes to like, "Are you not even going like ask me how my night was?" And I was just like, "No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm literally not like I could care less how your night was. I'm so mad at you. I'm like you you said you would come to this, you said that you would be there, like you really let me down, and he just goes, "Well, you're always letting me down, so I don't really care." And I'm like, I don't even know what to make of that. I'm like, in what ways am I letting you down? And then I forget exactly how this ends up happening. Walking back to the apartment, and he does the weirdest thing. Like, he threw his keys and wanted me to go get them. So I do. And as I'm, like, bending down to pick up these keys, I look up. And I don't think he saw that I was watching him. But he did this, like, weird thing where he ran really, like, fast ahead And then he turns around and screams, why can't you ever walk beside me like an equal? And I was like, what? I'm like, what just happened? What are you even talking about? So I was just, I was... I was just so floored, and I didn't want to talk to him for the rest of the night. And I'm, like, texting my mom all this time, Like, what do I even make of this? Like, what is this? I'm like, hey, sir, one more thing. I am out. I'm going to pack and just leave. Like, thank God I still have my storage unit. Like, get ready. I might just be coming to crash with you and Dad for a bit. And she was like, hey, if you need to, just, like, let us know. We're here. It's not a big deal. Like, take care of you. So then the last straw... <laughs> Um, David and Richard spent most of the night doing blow, to the point that he's sleeping throughout the next day. Um, I'm on my computer next to him. I'm, I'm trying to answer some emails and his phone keeps going off and I look over and his phone is just like stuck on and I'm like, okay, let's turn it off. So you're going to drain the battery. And I pick it up and I see that it's a message from one of my clients, one of the ones that he introduced me to. And it's about bondage. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. And so I open the text. This has been going on for quite some time. Um, Literally while I'm sitting on the couch crying during Thanksgiving, thinking that (laughs) I've broken apart his family. She's texting this girl about how she wants to be tied up the next time they have their little sexual excursion. Um, not only her, there are hundreds of messages from random women. Some that I have met, some that I'm sure he met at work or plays or this TV station. Um, and then there was a lot of them from pretty much every possible dating app you could possibly find. And, um, I was just like this. I'm like, that's it. Like, I'm, I'm just done. I, my body went into autopilot. Um, I just started packing. I put things in my car, and he woke up halfway through, and he was like, "Oh my god, babe, what are you doing? What happened?" And I'm just like, "I'm leaving. That's it." And he's like, "What do you mean you're leaving?" And so I let's call this client Carly. Completely different from what her actual name is. But I just said, like, I cannot believe that you were cheating on me with Carly. Mostly to test him because I I wanted to see what he would say. At this point, he didn't know that I had seen everything on his phone. So he just goes, babe, no. Oh, my gosh. What did she say to you? Honey, no, no, no. That was years ago. That was back before you and I were even together. Like, seamless lying to my face. Um, and I just, I was like, oh my God, like, this is just you. Like you just lie all of the time. And so I was, I'm like, how pathetic can you get? Cause I'm looking at him like, I, I know everything, but he's still going to pull this shit. And I'm like, okay, no, I'm like, this wasn't a couple years ago. Like try last week, try next week. I uh, tried the week after that. And then he's like, oh my God, no, I fucked up. I'm so sorry. And I was like, how many times did you fuck up? And he goes, I don't know. And I'm like, you don't remember? And he goes, no, that's not it. It's not that I don't remember. So now he's mad. Now he's livid with me. And he's just like, oh, well, I, I said, you're only sorry that you got caught. And he goes, well, Yeah. And he goes, I cannot believe you went through my phone. Are you a psycho? And I said, well, you know what? I should have found nothing on your phone. So this isn't really about your phone. And then he he goes, did you ever feel unloved by me when you were unaware? And I was like, well, I, yes, but that's besides the point. Um, you don't get to just do whatever you want, hoping that your partner doesn't know. But that's, that's not even remotely that's not okay. He's like, well, we just have different definitions of loyalty, I guess. And I was like, that's not,
0: what an an interesting tactic to use right there. Like, you know?
1: Yeah. And so I, I was just kind of stunned and I was just like, well, that's not my definition of loyalty. And he's like, yeah, because it's only yours that ever matters. I'm like, I don't even know what this means. And so as I'm like trying to pack, he's like shouting at me, like you stop dressing up for me. You stopped putting on makeup for me. You didn't give me enough flow jobs. What was I supposed to do? And I was like, are you for real right now? I was like, really? Like, I was doing that for you. Like, you yeah. literally said I wasn't comfortable around you. And he just, oh, he just was backpedaling and just, like, screaming at me and, I just realized in that moment, like everything he wanted was a moving target and it was all built for me to fail. Like there was no way I was ever going to do what he wanted. Um, but I said, you know what? We're just done. And he goes, we're done. You're seriously going to throw us away after four years. And I was like, I'm like, are you saying that this could get better if we worked on us? And he goes, well, no, probably not. Like this is who I am. This is what I do. And I was just like, well, then there's nothing left to discuss. And he, he goes completely ballistic, and he starts screaming, get the fuck out of the apartment. And I said, no, not without my things. And he's like, "Just just come get them when I'm not here like a normal person would do after a breakup. And I was like, no, I'm not coming back here. I'm getting my things now, and I'm leaving. So luckily he left, slams the door, leaves, and thankfully he didn't come back. So I had enough time to finish packing. I hugged the cat goodbye, talked to her for a little bit, and then I left. Um, surprisingly, um, after all of this, it was it was his friends, like his oldest friends, who were the ones who were comforting me. Um, they really came through, and they called me and they were like, "Can we like get together and talk?" And a lot of them were like, look, like, we thought he was over this stage. Like, we thought, like, we thought this was it. Like, we thought you had changed him for the better. Um, we're so sorry. Like, he's done this before to other girls. Like, that one, like, the girlfriend that he had written about in the journal, he always told me that, like, she broke up with him because she wanted to get married and he wasn't ready. Um... Turns out he was telling everybody that they were in an open relationship and was cheating on her all of the time. Um, And he thought he was being so sneaky about this, but all of his friends knew. Um, And they're like, we're just so sorry. We thought that he was over this. Like, you you were the best thing that ever happened to him. Like, we really thought he had changed. Um, Turns out that they had also caught him on dating apps Throughout our relationship, and every time he had an excuse prepared, he was either so mortified or, Don't worry, I'm just looking at pictures. I would never do anything like this to Vesper. Are you kidding me? Like, she's the love of my life. Um, at one point, he said it, he, was, he was doing it because he had to have it open in his scene that he was shooting for this TV station. Um, all lies. Like, he just had something prepared every five seconds. Um, I find out that one of the girls from his past even put in a police report because she claims he tried to hit her with his car. Um, this is a girl that he had me convinced was crazy. So I'm, I'm slowly at this point starting to like piece together, like what what's been happening and just going, Oh my God, like, this is just like, this is just who he is. Like he doesn't even know who he is. Like he's just all over the place. Um, and we had no contact. I did end up unblocking his number at one point because I was just, I was curious. I was like, I don't want him back, but I just, there was never any form of an apology. My, my feelings were never taken into account. And I just, I was wondering, I was like, I wondered if he would even just at some point reach out just to say, sorry, So he he did text, I'm sorry. He, he called me once in March. And I, I went back and forth about whether or not I should text him back. So I did, and I just said, was that a mistake, or did you mean to call me? And he just goes, no, I didn't. It was a butt dial. So at that point, I just blocked him from ever. I mean, I'd already blocked him from everything else. I blocked his whole family. I didn't want anything to do with them. So at this point, I blocked him from my phone, too. I was like, nothing good is ever going to come from anything this guy does or says. I'm just... I'm done. So I... um. After after everything happened, I I did close my company because I just I didn't know how many people he was really entangled with, and I I didn't I never wanted to build something that could possibly be used as like a means to get, like you know get young actresses to like sleep with him. And I, again, I, I don't know if that's something that he was doing per se, but just the idea of that made me so nauseous that I was like. I just have to end this. Like I'm, I'm done. Like I just was so over everything about all of it at that point. And I wanted to get as far away from Los Angeles as possible. So I closed my company. I packed everything up. I shipped things to my family on the East coast. And, um, I went there for the holidays and, and then the pandemic happened and here we are. <laughs> so, so that's the that's, that's whole story.
0: So how are you doing now? Uh, um, When did you start to uh, kind of, I guess, look into narcissism or who he was and uh, shame or guilt? Like what kind of emotions did you go through? And, you know, where are you today with all of what has happened?
1: Sure. So actually it was it was right before i left um i i texted a couple really close girlfriends and i just said like this is what happened um i'd love to just see you quick before i leave i don't know when i'm coming back um it just it happens so fast i know people are leaving for the holidays but if you want to hang out like i'm just going to be packing um luckily i got to stay with my former roommate who had just gotten a house and she was like oh my god we have so much space here just come here like We'll, we'll get you sorted out before you have to go. And it just, like, I was so appreciative. And I had, like, such a wonderful, strong group of women around me at this point. And it was just, it was amazing. Um, but I had one of my girlfriends who told me that, um, well, well I, was, I was describing more of the cheating than anything. And then when I got a little bit into how he would fight with me, and especially how it just, it became so bad when I moved in, She just goes, you know, he sounds like a narcissist. Like my ex-wife was a little bit like that too. That might be something worth researching. And at that point, like I had been researching so many other things, like aggressive behavior, um, what happens, like if you're a drug addict, what happens, like if you're super into like these weird conspiracy theories, but like to the point that you're aggressive, like what does this mean? And it was just like, the word narcissist ended up being like that missing piece of the puzzle. Um, from there I was able to like connect the dots with everything else that had happened. And I was like, Oh my God, this like, this makes so much sense. I finally just didn't feel crazy. Like I felt like I finally had some clarity. Like this isn't me. Um, I got sucked in like, he's basically a con artist. Um, so um I'm, I'm doing I'm doing much better now. um The pandemic has been a good thing in a lot of ways um, It's like the, the best and worst thing at the same time because on the one hand it's been a lot of times that I haven't been making money and um have a lot of extra time with my thought um but at the exact same time it's been a lot of it's been a lot of time to be doing research. It's been a lot of time to sort through my feelings. It's been a lot of time to get back to the things that I really care about. i am um, doing a lot of writing, um, which has been great. I have I have few plays right now in, in different competitions, um, the scripts, and so we'll see what happens with those. But I, that was something like, I, I never thought I was going to be able to do. And um, just like I, I've been joining um, support groups, online, been listening to this podcast, and um, just kind of reading everything that I can get my hands on. Like, it's finally, like, it's finally finding, like, that missing answer after almost five years where I just felt like, you know, nothing ever made sense. I felt like everything was always off balance, and this finally kind of brought me my own sense of closure. Um, I read the book Psychopath Free. That really helped. Um, and also the book, why does he do that by Lindsay Bancroft? Um, it does focus more on, on aggressive men, but I think men could also get a lot out of it as well. And I think it just kind of just describes like aggressive, abusive partners more than anything. Um, and actually I, I stumbled on this, this blog, just looking up, just trying to find feeling just like from the cheating aspect of it. I found chump lady, <laughs> which is actually how, like, how do, you, how do you spell that? Uh, it says chump and then lady l a d y dot com. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll look that up after. So she she's just she's so funny. It's 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 um it's about cheating, but the people who write in like she also deals a lot with with um, people who suffer from narcissistic personality disorder because a lot of the people who write in it's it's clear that they're, they're dealing with a narcissist. Um, it's all, like, all the tactics are right there. And the funniest part is, like, she she's so humorous and witty, and the things she writes just make you laugh, and it just feels good to laugh and look at these people. Like, they're just so pathetic. And that's really, really helped, too. Well, it's, so, it, to me, um, it, I mean,
0: you, you were brought laughter you know you laugh a lot at the stories that have happened to you and a lot of people aren't able yeah. to do that and um you know it's um is is that a kind of like the place of where you're at like i'm What everything happened was terrible but i'm able to look at it and just look at how ridiculous of individuals you know I was dealing with and that they are, and I'm happy to be out of it. There's no drama going on. Their life is going to be this sideshow, like that family as a whole. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. going to be a sideshow circus forever.
1: They are. And like, that's like the saddest part, but like, but yeah, like it's just, At first, I was was really just, it was sad, of course, but I was also angry. I was just, I was so angry at just, like, how much I put up with. I was more angry with myself than anything. Um, But, like, just, yeah, like, now that I, like, I've been journaling and, like, writing down some of the things that he had said. And some of them do make me laugh out loud because they're just so ridiculous. They don't make any sense. And, like, just his delusions were just so out there. And it's it's so sad that that is like who he is because I saw like this other side where like he could be a really good person, but he just has this other side that's just so awful and nasty and just just out there crazy, and just the things that he would say. It just now now I now it does kind of strike me as funny. I'm just like, how was I? keeping a straight face, like listening to some of these things that he says. And and honestly, like the biggest, it almost feels like a huge weight has lifted off of my shoulders. I feel like for the longest time I was trying to settle. Um, I was trying to make sense of the things that he was doing and I was going like, you know what, I have to come to terms with this. If we're going to move forward, I don't want to keep like, you know, keep hanging on to all of these horrible things that he's better done. And now it's like, I'm like, no, like you can, you can say no, like this is not okay. This is not how the rest of my story is going to take place. I don't have to accept this. Um, and that was like a really freeing feeling. Um, that I can actually now choose like the kind of partner that I want. I can choose like the kind of life that I want for myself. I don't have to settle for this. This Yeah. This, this side show crazy circus.
0: So before we end off our show today, what would you, what is I guess the biggest piece of wisdom or advice you'd have for everyone listening?
1: I would just say like, just your self esteem is such an important thing. Like even, even when you think you're there, like just, just go above and beyond loving yourself. Like do the things that make you happy. Don't ever settle for somebody else. Don't let somebody try to like morph, you know, your goals like with theirs and don't don't get lost in someone else's bullshit. Like really really choose you over over everybody because your self esteem is just, it's so important. Like it's, it, it's not worth losing for anybody and you're, you're, you will just keep, you know, finding these people until you really you find a way to love yourself.
0: Well, Vesper, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the show today. Um, I think your story, you. your story's gonna help a lot of people. Um, and, sure. and, sure. um, You know, you were in it for a while. You're out of it. I'm happy uh, from the bottom of my heart. I am so happy you are out of that situation with that family because, you know, there was nothing like it was, it's, you were, they're poison and um, Mm -hmm. whoever they encounter next is going to be unfortunate for them uh in all manners so i'm so happy that you're out of that situation and thankful that you're here and 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 talking with us today and uh helping everyone out so thank you so much and uh for thank everyone you
1: i appreciate it.
0: and for everyone else out there who is listening still and i know you all are thank you for listening and i hope you have a good night.